just before I came to first service, there was, a, there was one psalm that was resonating with my spirit. It's Psalms 122, because it says, I was glad when they said to me, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Wow. Come, let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it brings a tear to my eye. I just worship in this sanctuary. Don't you think? It's, 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 it's different. It's, it's, it's different. You, for your, everybody at home, uh, uh, God bless, one day we will come back together and worship together and it's different and we look forward to hosting you in our physical service. Good morning, church. It's so good to see every single face. I was going around, I was like, I know you, I know you. I remember you, I remember you, but it's so good to see that God has really protected all of us and brought us back into his house. Amen, church? All right. And it's also good that uh, for the first time in five months, I'm not preaching to my living room. All right? So this is different. <laughs> There's a live audience. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, uh, this weekend is our uh, opening weekend uh, uh, for the church, but also a monumental weekend because we are live streaming our services, right? Uh, uh, no longer pre-recording, but we're live streaming our, our services. I just want to, yeah, thank all the volunteers. Thank all the volunteers. There's too many to be named by name, but God knows your name. And, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who put everything together, right? Because we're all working together to, 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 to really praise Jesus. So the worship team has done a great job. The, the Mac team, the social media team, done a great job. The floor team, thank you so much. You have done a great job uh, uh, just putting this service together. I want to remind all of us that uh, serving God should not be, you know, dra dragging our feet, we should not be, you know, uh, sludging away, but it should really be our honor to minister in the house of the Lord. But this weekend is really not about thanking uh, uh, those who are here, thanking those who have put the services together. This weekend, first, second, and our third service, it's all going to be about Jesus. It's all going to be about God. We're going to remember that God has brought us this far. We're going to remember that whatever has happened to each and every one of us in the last five months, God is still on the throne. God is no less God because you have went through what you went through. God is still God. God is still big. God is still powerful. God is still on the throne. God still loves you. God still gives you hope. That is the God that we want to honor this whole weekend and say thank you so much, Jesus. So it has, you know, it, it, God has laden on my heart. Oh, I, I can finally do this. Let me tell you why. You know, when you pre-record, there's always a mic here, right? And I, you know how many times I have to record because I keep doing this <laughs> and, it, you know, it buzzes my mic. Uh, now I can, right? You know, God has really impressed on my heart uh, uh, to really talk to us about First Chronicles chapter 16. Because it is really about bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into the house of God, right? That's First Chronicles chapter 16. And, and it really reminds me that uh, we may not have an Ark of the Covenant that holds the presence of God, but we, what we have is the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us here. So it is almost like ushering in uh, the presence of God. Each and every single one of us coming into this sanctuary is like ushering the mini presence of God. And together, together we make collective worship. So what I want to do is I'm going to read from the book of First uh, Chronicles. Um, I always say Corinthians, but it's Chronicles. Uh, uh, chapter 16, and then... In the middle of it, I'm going to invite everybody to stand. And if you're at home, I know it's early in the morning, but it's good to stand because it's the first time reading the Word of God in His house. All right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read uh, uh, First 
Chronicles chapter 15. All right, there we go. All right. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves in order to bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel. And the Levites carried the ark of God with the poles on their shoulders as Moses had commanded it in accordance with the word of the Lord. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 1 to 4. They brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it, and they presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before God. So this is where David brought the ark of the covenant back into Jerusalem, because later on I'll explain, it's not in Jerusalem yet. Uh, Verse 2, after David had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each Israelite man and woman. Today, uh, we've given you unleavened bread and a a, a bit of juice. Is that okay? He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank and praise the Lord, the God of Israel. I'm going to stop here because now I'm going to invite everybody to stand. The next part is the part where David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into the temp- back into a tent in Jerusalem, and then he called for the priest. And we are all here royal priesthood. You at home, we are all royal priesthood. We are one, not in body, but in spirit this morning. We are called royal priesthood. And David said, speak and declare this section of adoration unto the Lord. So what we're going to do is we're going to declare it's long, but it's worth it. It's verse 7 to all the way to 36. This is a chunk of adoration unto God. Are we ready, church? One, two, three. That day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed one. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds amongst all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. For he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. 
ascribe to the Lord. All you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, God our Savior, gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to Your holy name and glory in Your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Amen. Let me just say a prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that this is the adoration that David chose to say to you when the Ark of the Covenant came back into the into the tent in Jerusalem. Father God, and now we are declaring it to you. We're going to ascribe praise and ascribe worth. So this morning, Father God, speak to us wherever we are in this sanctuary and all at home, Father God. May we catch the Word of God to change our lives forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take your seats. At home, you may take your seat on your sofa. Okay. I'm going to read one more verse because this verse speaks to me. Yesterday I forgot to say it, but today I really want to. Then all the people left. Once they finished praising in this sanctuary, all the people left, each for their own home. And David returned home to bless his family. Just in case I forget, head of the households, mother of the households, here you are with your children. When we are praising God together, go home today. Have lunch, have dinner, have supper, and bless your family. Read this portion and bless your family. Amen, church? You know, <clears throat> today I want to call my, my sermon uh, a vaccine for our virus. There's a vaccine for our virus. You know, because the whole world we're talking about a particular virus, right? And if you don't know this virus, let me let, let, me let you know, it's COVID-19. We should all know that, that it's so easy for us to say, okay, COVID-19 is like a flu-like pneumonia kind of virus, right? Look, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but this is what I read, right? And it looks like this under the microscope. And when you have it, you have these, these kind of symptoms. 4% of those who contracted it uh, die. Uh, uh, the other go on to recover, but they live with the symptoms uh, uh, for as long as six months or nine months now. We know a lot about the virus, about the physical virus. How do we prevent it? Face mask hand sanitizer, right? Contact tracing. How do we, these are all preventive measures. But the question I want to, I've been asking myself for at least for five months is, how do we know if we have a spiritual virus? How do we know if there's a virus in our hearts? How do we know if there's a virus in our spirit? And there's, there, there are many things that could always plague our heart. But just for this sermon, I want to talk about the virus that is called spiritual distancing. Spiritual distancing, where we keep God at arm's length. And we tell God, this is where you are, 
this is where I am. Don't come any closer because I don't want you to intervene in my life so much. I don't want you to change my plans. I don't want you to change my will. And that's my struggle. This is not just you. I'm talking about myself. God, don't come too close because these are my plans. These are my will. And you got to bless my will. So you stay over there to bless me while I stay over here and tell you what to do. And that's, that's us human beings, right? And that's the virus. And just... Just so you know, back in 1 Chronicles, that is exactly how Israel treated God. Because if you, if you read, go back and read 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, two big books, all right, or 1 Chronicles uh, uh, 13 to 15, you would find that before King David, there was King Saul. Before King Saul, there was the priest, right? Uh, uh, th there was the head or the prophet that was the head of Israel. And at that time, there was a prophet called Eli and his two sons, Phinehas and Hopni, right? So they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And wherever they go in the land of Canaan, they would bring the Ark of the Covenant to fight their enemies and they would win because God's presence was with them. But there was one battle, long story short, they brought the Ark of the Covenant. They failed to honor God and they lost the battle. 30,000 Israelites died in that battle, and the Ark of the Covenant was lost to the enemy. God was gracious. God told the enemy to bring the Ark back. But when, when the Ark was brought back into the land of Israel, it no longer rests in the hands of the priest. It no longer rests in the hands of the prophets. It rests in a city called Kiriath-Jiraim, which was a city at the fringe of Israel, almost in the land of, of, of the Philistines. It was just at the fringe of Israel. It was never at the center. It was never at the capital of, in, in Jerusalem. It was at the fringe. And just so you know, the Ark of the Covenant stayed there for 20 years. It means that the people forgot that God's presence was with the Ark for 20 years. And just in case you think, what's wrong with that? King Saul was the king that reigned when the Ark was in Kiriath-Jeraim. Now, if you think about all the things King Saul did, King Saul never obeyed, King Saul never honored, King Saul, why? Because David said one thing, when he, re when he became king, David, David said, it is not right for the Ark of the Covenant to rest in Kiriath-Jerim. It is not right that we go about our lives and we do not inquire of the Lord. So, priest, go and bring the Ark back into Jerusalem. That's why it's so important this weekend that we come back into His house. Not because, you know, if we're not in this house, God is not with us, God is... No! God is, you see, in the, in the whole 20 years, God still gave victory to Israel. God still gave them a king. God still gave them prosperity. So we can still be Christians, even if God is not in the center of our lives. But we don't want to be Christians where we tell God, God... There is going to be one meter between me and you, six feet, 1.5 meters. There's social distancing or spiritual distancing between me and you. God, I need you in the center. I want to be like King David, a man after God's own heart, that everything I do, I need to inquire of the Lord, that anything that I do, whatever step that I take, whatever plans that I make, whatever will that I have, I want to inquire of the Lord. I want to be King David, and that's where we land in this book. So what is the vaccine if we have this virus? How do we know? How do we have immunity to guard our hearts against spiritual distancing? I'm going to give three steps, all right? Three steps. One, what's the objective? Two, two actions. And the third step 
three postures. What is our objective? It is this. First Chronicles chapter 15, they brought the ark of God and set it, First Chronicles chapter 16, they brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. That's our objective. It is stark, it is clear. Bring the ark of the covenant back into the center of our hearts, into the center of our wills, because it is so easy to forget that, hey, we have forgotten to read our word for the last three weeks. We have forgotten to pray for the last three weeks because everything is taking over our lives, right? Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether you are more spiritual now or more spiritual back then. You know, during the MCO when there's nothing to do, uh, there was this spiritual fervor that, that everybody came up together and everybody banded together, you know, uh, uh, in order to watch church online or do church together. And then it slowly fizzled out, some of us. And now we're back to normal. We're saying, okay, we, I, I did the spiritual thing. Right? But I'm coming back to normal in my life, which is what I've been doing for the rest of my life. Or some of us, in doing the MCO, we've, we've said that Netflix be the center of my life. Right? We have watched all the series, we've watched all the dramas, or for some of us, it's all the K-dramas. I have learned uh, there are many, many different type of, of Korean dramas now these days, uh, things that I've never known before. Right? Uh, and then now that, 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 that uh, we're almost coming back to church, we're saying to ourselves, okay, maybe I need to start being more spiritually alive. Maybe this, maybe that. We're all going through different things. We're all going through different seasons. But whatever the season that you're going through, I want to encourage you today. Let your objective be clear. Let your objective be one. Bring the Ark of the Covenant back. Bring the presence of God back into your life. Be a King David, not the King Saul. That keep God at an arm's length. So everybody say with me, one objective. Bring back the Ark. Second point. There are two actions that David did when he brought God back into the center. Two actions. And the first action is this. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves in order to bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, I know we live in the New Testament. I know that Jesus died for us. I know that Jesus has given us grace upon grace upon grace. And that is true. But I also want to remind you that God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God is the God who told the Israelites, consecrate yourself before putting me in the center. Don't treat me lightly. Don't treat me common. Like, I want to watch Netflix today. I watch Netflix today. God is saying, no, I am not Netflix. God God is saying, no, I am not your TV channels. I am God Almighty. When you want to come back, when you want to bring me back, consecrate yourselves. Now, this is a big word. We're going to study this word in 40 days. If you're in the July prayer altars, we've already been studying this word, but I want to make it simple for this service. Consecrate yourself is really this. Align yourself with God again. So it's so easy for us to just go off tangent once in a while. Catch yourself. You know, I've caught myself so many times. You know, you forget to pray one day, you go off tangent. It's so easy. But consecrate yourself. Align yourself. It is like a cleansing that God has brought. And I'm so thankful that this week is communion weekend because communion is one way where we examine ourselves and we ask God for forgiveness and then we renew our covenant with God. That is a simple act of consecration. So I want to encourage all of us at home and in this sanctuary that whenever we come before God, treat Him with reverence. Treat Him as if He's holy. Treat him like he is a big God. Don't treat him common, like how we treat Netflix. Number one, the first action, 
consecrate yourselves. Number two, he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. Verse four, he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. I wanna, I wanna say this, hosting the presence of God it's not merely just inviting God. God, speak to me. God, come to me. God, uh, give me revelation. God, tell me your plans. It's clear. Minister before the Lord. The word minister is actually the word serve. Serve the Lord. You see, why is this weekend so important for all of us, as even you at home? Because coming back into this house, Serving God with our voices and worshiping together. Sitting together, listening to the Word of God together is our act of worship before God. It is how we minister to the Lord. It is how we say, Lord, I am here wholeheartedly. I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning just to prepare myself to come to church. That is me, by the way. Yes, I did. Just to prepare my heart to come to church, and I say, why do I have to do it on Sunday? It's only on Sunday that I wake up so early, and I keep telling myself, because this is my act of serving God. This is my heart's posture to minister before the Lord, and I want to remind all of you, in case you have forgotten that you, our role is a royal priesthood, our role is to minister, I want to remind every single one of you, today at homes, especially if you are at homes, don't be distracted in worship. Try not to look at the screen and try not to analyze the quality of our production. Try to just connect with God and say, God, I am here to minister to you and to give you my whole act of worship. Floor team, social media team, Mac team, worship team, I want to encourage you that as you serve, no matter how long your hours are, no matter how stressed we all are, yes, we have been really stressed, I want to remind all of us, our serving is our ministering to the Lord. And by the way, in 1 Chronicles 15, David lists down all the head of the families that ministered to God. And it's, it is as if God is saying all to you, Ling clan, Tan clan, Meng clan, whatever clan that there is out there, or the surname, or, you know, change one alphabet and there's another clan, right? In Chinese, you are ministers unto the Lord. So remember that there are two actions, consecration and ministering. Say it with me, church. Two actions. Consecration, minister. Now I want to go to the posture that David told the Israelites to have because the posture of our heart is very important. And it is really this, that there are three postures. Very simple. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark to invoke. Now this is a, now this is a very confusing word when I first read it, to invoke. What are we invoking? Invoking sounds so ancient, the word, right? I'm invoking a spell. I'm invoking something. But no, if you go back to the Hebrew, it is the word zakhar. What does zakhar mean? Zakhar is simple. It means to commemorate, to remember. To commemorate, to remember. See, what they did in the Old Testament is every time they come before God, they want to remind themselves who God is because they have forgotten God for 20 years. Mind you. The Israelites forgotten God for 20 years, so David called everybody back. And in the, I believe it's the King James Version or the NKJV Version, it says to record. It means that David record everything that God has done for Israel back onto the time in Egypt. They record to remind themselves who God is. Do you know that the first time this word was used in the Bible, Zachar, remember? The first time it was used is in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 8. 
When remember when it is Noah, the story of Noah, when God sent a flood and Noah was in the boat. <clears throat> and then in chapter 8, verse 1, God said, Then God remembered Noah and God stilled the waters. God sent a wind to blow the waters away. God remembered Noah. The second time it was used in Genesis chapter 9, when Noah stepped out of the ark, there was a rainbow, and then God says, now, whenever you see this rainbow, remember my covenant for you. Remember. But this is the best part. I love this part. Exodus chapter 2. This is when remember was used. In Exodus chapter 2, the people of, the people of Israel was in the land of Egypt, and it was in slavery, Right? And they cried out to God, God, help us. God, help us. God, help us. And then in Exodus chapter 2, I believe it's verse 24, it says, And God heard the cries of the people, and he remembered his covenant to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. God remembers for us. We, can, we, we have been five months away from a physical church, and I want to thank everybody for Keep faithfully joining us online. Thank you so much for being connected to SIBKL. I really appreciate all of you. But sometimes, sometimes it is easy to forget who God is. Not coming to church praying for the sick, it is easy to forget that God is a healer. Not coming to church and hearing the testimonies that God provided you a job, God provided you a job. It's easy to remember that God is our provider. It is easy to forget that God is our provider because we're all alone at home and all we can see is that I'm without a job, I'm without a job. But we fail to see that God has provided him a job, God has provided her a job. And as a pastor, I just, I have this privilege of overseeing a lot of people so I know that God has provided 10 people jobs but God is also uh, 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 looking for jobs for 10 people. But it is in this group that we fail to remember that God is our provider. And it is easy to forget who God is. So today, our posture of our heart, can we remember that God is still your God? Can we remember that God has saved you once before? Have you forgotten how God has healed you before? Have you forgotten that when you put one ringgit into the tithes and offering bag, God did not forget that one ringgit or one million, whatever the amount that you put in? When, can you remember that when you served in the house and you had to wake up at 6 a.m. and God put somebody in your place to give you a word of encouragement and you felt so edified in your spirit, can you remember that time? Can I draw you to a more specific location, SIBKL? Can you remember the times that God touched your life in this church? Or have we forgotten? Have we forgotten? You know, as I was preparing this sermon, I had to take a lot of time to write down the things that God has spoken to me or done for me in SMCC and in Bangunan Yin because it's so easy to forget. I remember that I rededicated my life to God in SIBKL. I recommitted my life 12 years ago to God in SIBKL. I remember five years ago in SIBKL, I was prayed, I had the anointing of prayer and was prayed for the anointing of prayer and that is when my prayer life took off. For the first time in my life, I remember, I remember that I prayed for the sick and there were a few instances that the sick was healed right in front of my eyes. I remember, I remember the people and the faces that were saved in this church, when they walked down, some of them crying, some of them happy, that they found the joy of the Lord for the first time. Because as great technology is, as great online service is, it is a whole world of difference, seeing the face of somebody receiving 
God for the first time in their life. And I don't want to forget, I want to remember. And even in this building, do you remember, if you were here, if you were here, do you remember we celebrated our 20th anniversary here? Do you remember all the carnivals outside? Do you remember all the cakes, all the competition? Do you remember on this stage it says honoring Jesus, put Jesus in the center of our lives? Do you remember? Do you remember that, I don't know if you remember, but there's one time that we did DNA in this auditorium as well? for the whole church? Do you remember when we dedicated this building? Do you remember that in this church there's a water baptism hall on our right, or my right, your left, and all the faces that were baptized to Jesus Christ? Remember, do not let your heart grow cold. Remember God. Remember what God has done in this church. And I want to encourage you, Remember the time you were saved. Remember the joy of your salvation. Remember that joy. Psalms 51, the joy of your salvation. And this, third, this first posture to remember will always lead to the next two postures. When we remember, we thank Him. We say, thank you, Jesus. And in the Hebrew word, this word thank means to confess with both our hands extended out, worshiping Him. That is the word thank, to with both our hands extended out, worshiping Him. It's not just thank. You know, we pray for food. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's, that's not, this is not the thank. That's not the same. This thank is both hands extended out with our heart confessing who Jesus is. And if we remember who God is, it would always lead to the last posture, which is praise. To invoke, to thank, and to praise. When we remember the joy of our salvation, I want to guarantee we cannot help but praise Jesus. We cannot help but lift up our hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for you are worthy of it all. And I want to encourage everybody at home and in this sanctuary, you may have the most difficult five months of your entire life. But in that difficulty, Jesus is still worthy, is he not? Jesus is still God, is he not? Jesus still loves you and Jesus is still in the fire with you, is he not? Jesus is still sleeping in the boat while you are going through the storm, is he not? He's still in the boat with you. And I want to encourage you, today, we want to remember who God is. And we're going to end this service today by rededicating this sanctuary back to God, rededicating it with our worship rededicating it with our praise. And I want to invite everybody at home, you are with us in spirit. Join us in that worship to usher in the presence of God in this sanctuary. Can I invite everybody to stand? Before we invite the worship team to sing us the, the closing song, can I ask that you take 15 seconds, everybody, to remember the joy of the Lord that our hearts may have been cold, our hearts may be in pain, our hearts may be hurting. You may be going through depression, going through financial difficulties, going through suicidal thoughts, you may be going through family difficulties, you may be going through a lot of things. But today is not the day to focus on your pain. Today is the day to focus on Jesus. So let's take 15 seconds to remind our spirit the joy of our salvation. Thank you, Jesus.
as we remember all the things God has done for us, how God has healed us, how God has provided for us, how God has taken us through difficult times in the past, I want to encourage everybody, especially if you are at home and you are watching this alone, if God did it for you in the past, He can do it for you again in your future. Remember how God gave you a job in the past, He will give you a job again in the future. Remember how God healed you in the past, He can heal you again in the future. Remember how God gave a smile on your face in the past because you received Jesus Christ for the first time. He can give you a smile on your face again in the future. And right now, we're gonna say, Jesus, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of it all. Father God, Father God, we invite you into our lives. Father God, we invite your presence into our lives. Father God, we don't want to do this life without you. Father God, we don't want to do this life keeping you at a distance, Father God, but we want you at the center. Teach us, teach us as we consecrate our lives in the next 40 days of fast and pray. Teach us, Father God, show us how we have went wrong and lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake, Father God. Let us be the light of the world. 
let us be salt to this world, Father God. And I want to thank you, Jesus, that we are now gathering back in our physical building, SMCC, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we pray that SMCC will be the light of this community. SMCC will be on top of the hill, Father God, that we will shine for you. We will never forget you. And we will tell everybody of the wonderful works of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.